Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Cracking Local, a podcast for marketers, agencies, and small business owners looking to grow and retain customers. Today on the show, we are pulling out the crystal ball and doing some predictive speculation with SEO guru, Ryan Shelley. I really love this interview. Ryan is extremely down to earth and he's got a really great perspective on what's coming down the road for SEO. Now, unfortunately, the audio quality for the interview isn't my best work, which is a bit of a heartbreaker because Ryan had such good stuff to say. I just definitely want to encourage you to stick with the episode. It's full of really great knowledge, and I promise we are always looking at ways to make the show sound as great as possible. Remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud, and as always, bonus points if you leave a review, because those really, really help the show get noticed. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Ryan Shelley. Um, I was wondering actually if we could start by uh, talking about something that I read in your bio. Um, for the article in Search Engine Land, it mentioned that uh, you are into something called empathic leadership. Yeah. Do you mind... Do you, do you want to talk about that? Because that was something that caught my eye and I started thinking about it, but I'd love to hear what you what you think about that. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, it all kind of started in, uh, like, my last profession. You know, just realizing I was around a lot of people, but that just didn't have empathy, like, at all. <laughs> um and it was an industry where you really should have empathy. Um, you know, the church is why I used to work in the uh, full-time ministry. Hmm. Um, well, and it really bothered me, um, really bad. And as continued, like, as, as my time there kind of came to a, an abrupt and not so good end, um, you know, I, I realized that when I was building my business, I wanted to do things differently. Um, and I wanted to connect with people as human beings and not as just another person to do crap for me. Um, and that's where I started, you know, kind of diving into empathy and the power that, that empathy has and the fact that every one of us, you know, really is looking to connect with other people. That's what makes us human beings. And so, uh, you know, I did uh, Seth Godin's all MBA, which was huge and really taught me that, hey, I actually like to read. Um, and I started reading books uh, around empathy and, and, you know, just kind of been on this, uh, kind of this path to find ways to, to add empathy to everything I'm doing top to bottom, um, whether that be, you know, writing an email or building a website or building a plan or teaching my team, you know, just kind of really pursuing um, ways that we can just download empathy in, into everything that I'm doing. So I don't know if that makes sense or not. But. No, it makes absolute sense. Uh, and it's, you know, it can be refreshing to hear in our industry. Um, yeah. I guess my next question would be, you know, has it served you well? Has it alienated you from people who are also in the industry? What, what has it been like taking that on as, uh, you know, a guiding principle? You know, I think a lot of people on the surface, you can't like argue with it, <laughs> you know? Like if you're like, well, I don't care about empathy, then you kind of come across as like a, a douche. Um, 
some people do. Right. <laughs> um, they just don't care. You know, they care about making a profit, which is good. Like, yeah, I want to, I would like to make money too and support my family. Absolutely. I'm all for that. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, I'm in the business of people. I mean, that's what mark, that's what marketing really is. It's always been that like, you know, and honestly, I think every business is you're in the business of people. If you can't connect with people. You're not going to last very long. Um, or if you do last, you're just going to be that person. Everybody hates to deal with. Um, and I don't want a life like that. And so when people, you know, kind of maybe scoff at it a little bit, um, I've also learned a great deal of how to just let it go, you know, just kind of have this stoic mentality and say, you know, you're entitled to your opinion and I'm also entitled to not have to care. Um, <laughs> you know, like, I don't care if you don't like what I'm doing cause it's what I'm doing. You sure. can do what you want to do. So it's not easy. There are some days where it's, it's very hard and you question yourself, <laughs> But more often than not, it's uh, it's really paid off, I think, for me. Because my clients, like we have re- we have real relationships, and I know about them as human beings, and not just their businesses. And I think that's really cool. That's awesome. Do you want to jump into uh, the reason I called? Uh, talk some SEO. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I've got a few questions here, and they kind of lead into the article. But uh, the first thing I wanted to ask you about. This is something that I've seen talked about on communities like Inbound and different places on the internet a few times. I'd love to get your take on it. What's the hardest part about SEO for your clients to understand? The metrics that they obsess about don't matter. Um, Could you elaborate on that a little? Yeah. <laughs> um, but grudgingly? I can't. <laughs> So I think there's this, this mystery or, you know, maybe it happened a couple of years ago in the, in the, I guess not the early, early days. It's the early days of SEO are still a lot further away than we like to give credit. It's been around like 25 years. Right. Um, but if we get into like the 2009s in 2008 and, and kind of 10 era when black hat was really making its heyday and you could just spam load a bunch of links and drive rank, and everybody was, you know, get my rank tracking tool and which they matter. Like ranks, rank tracking matters because it gives you some insight on, on where your visibility is. But I think a majority of people obsess about like a specific term as if only their audience is like typing in, you know, from that SEO agency, you know, uh, people search for SEO agency in a bazillion different ways. Um, fact, I, I talked about this and I did a video on Monday about it the difference between uh, topic-based SEO and keyword-based SEO. You know, 15% of searches are, every day are, are searches that have never been done before. 15%. That's, wow. that's a lot of searches. Jeez. That are people just searching that have never, ever been searched before, and Google's trying to figure out what they mean contextually. But also 85% of the searches are terms that I've been searching for, or, or content, you know, some sort of concept that has been searched. But I think this is where you break away and you start thinking that Google's starting to connect things based on topic and theme more than they are at specific keywords. So uh, a study by AREFs did, and if you're ranking like in number one for a specific term, let's say SEO agency, you're also ranking for LSI keywords, about a thousand different LSI keywords inside the top 10. So a thousand other related keywords, you're also ranking for very high. And this shows a very much more of like a topic correlation or topic focus by the searches search engines rather than like a specific keyword like, oh, you're going to rank for this term, but you're not going to rank for that term. Well, if they're actually related and contextually appropriate, you, you probably are going to rank for both of them. Hmm. 
What are your tactics then to get your clients more aware of, you know, what they should be focusing on in terms of trying to measure your value? Some people, you know, they're just like, cool, Ryan, whatever you say, you know, you're talking about much better than I do. Um, I'm not going to worry about it. Uh, you tell me what to do and I'll do it. And then there's others that are kind of like, Hey, I saw we, we dropped in the cert, <laughs> you know, for, you know, uh, like we had one client that we work with actually helping an agency out with it. And, um, you know, they'll actually sit in, in all the different locations and see where the ranks ranking is. Right. You know? Just really silly stuff like that. And, you know, we've had to continually come back to them and say, this is why, you know, just all about educating them, and sure. giving them, you know, reasons why, and data why, and you kind of figure out the way they think through it too, you know, because again, you're, you're talking to a person. So some people are really data driven. So if you go, here's what, here's what the analytics say, here's what the data says about this topic. Then go, okay. But some people are like, I know you feel like you're not being, you know, you're not coming up online. But actually, here here's you know, here's your traffic and conversion rates, and these are what people are doing on your site. And try try to help them see the story a little bit more. Mm. So I, I think it's really unique in different ways. I, I realized over the last over the last couple of years, I've been really really trying to figure out the metric side of things because um, we have all this data, but if I just send somebody a report, they have no idea what they're looking at most of the time. Uh, what does it actually mean? So I've been trying to you know in the BI space and and looking for visualization tools and finding ways to better tell a story to help people with those questions when they, when they're like, I Googled myself and I didn't see this. And I'm like, well, where were you? <laughs> were you on a mobile device? Were you in another state than you did? You know, it's like a lot of times, you know, sure. Um, you know, we'll get, we'll get like, uh, somebody will be like, you know, I was on vacation and I was trying to find my dentist office. I was like, well, you know, you're a local business and you search for yourself in a completely different city. Of course you didn't show up. <laughs> um, so it's just trying to help people understand and really educate them. You know, I don't think there's ever like, I haven't found that one silver bullet that if I say this, it clears everything up. It's usually, okay, let's, let's get on the telephone. You know, some people have done multiple conversations and other people, you know, I'm blessed. I have a lot of clients that are like, dude, just don't need to keep coming in and business is grown. So. So the reason I came across your work was because of an article you had written that showed up on Search Engine Land about predicting the future mm -hmm. of SEO. I wonder if we could right. talk a little bit about that. And the first question I have is, what motivated you to write uh, these predictions? Is it something that you are sort of actively thinking about, or was it a challenge that you gave yourself um, to, to do? Um, so I have a monthly column. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. On search engine land, so you know it's it's kind of forces me to continue to think about what I need to be writing, um, and what I need to be paying attention to. You know, if, if I'm going to put myself out there, um, I need to make sure. And I've just kind of always had that, like, my, like what's next? Like, what's coming up? Like, what am I seeing that's that's starting to play a big trend? Or what do I, you know, just trying to be in front of the curve instead of like reacting behind the curve, and you know. I think for me, just realizing that a lot of SEOs and a lot of marketing agencies just kind of do what everyone else is doing. 
and are okay with it because it's working right now, but aren't really looking for those like added values. Like what could I be doing to make this even better? Like not how can I make more money for my client, but like how can I serve my client better? Um, and how can I really make sure that I'm delivering the best ROI? Cause I'm a firm believer if you deliver results, then the finances usually follow that, you know, say, Hey, we've done X, Y, and Z and we could do A, B, C, D, E, F, G next time around. And this is what the investment would be. Right. Mm-hmm. So as I'm looking at my own sites and we're, we're looking at how we can better optimize them, you know, you know, the first one, like UX, like Google continues to trend more and more towards the user. They've been doing it for years and, you know, rank brain is, is a direct correlation of that where they're trying to contextually understand what users are doing while they're searching, but then also what they're doing when they're on the site. You know, they don't stop tracking them after they've left the Google search. Like, they're still tracking them. They're still understanding them. It's the same, you know, they have the same tools we have. They have probably actually better tools, right? So they're understanding how those users are then interacting. And if they have a bad experience and they're bouncing, Google knows that the user didn't like that. They also know that that site has a UX problem. It's not user-friendly. And... You know, there's a lot of rights, you know, this, this click-through rate impact search, this bounce rate, you know, all, and bounce rate does impact search, right? Sure. And you, usually bounce rate issue is, is not as much to do with content a lot of times as it has to do with UX, I think, uh, or low speed, you know, those, those types of issues. You know, I think there's a lot of good content out there. There's just a lot of bad experiences out there. Totally. Um, so so um, that was kind of that first part. So, yeah. uh yeah, like, like AMP, you- I would say with AMP, I, I mean, Google's invested millions of dollars in AMP. eBay's invested millions of dollars. You know, they're investing tons of money in AMP. And right now, it's not a ranking signal. But mobile matters, and speed matters, right? And we have a mobile index. Um, and this is actually, I'm doing a, a study right now on, on where AMP pages are coming up in search. Um, and what types of like phrases and topics and things are actually more prone to have AMP impacted. But I'll even say myself, I saw a 14% increase in mobile visits just using AMP. Oh, really? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not saying that all of those, all of them were AMP visits, but they were mobile visits. Mm -hmm. So there's something to that, I think, (laughs) whether, you know, Google saying, you know, whether it's the speed side of it or whether it's the user experience, I don't know. But I think there's something to it. Well, this is that's what the article is all about, right? Yeah, somebody was like, you know, oh, you didn't talk about this, and I was like, it was predictions. I wasn't making <laughs> like statements, facts. <laughs> right. Um, but I agree with that guy's input. I think he was totally right, but I was like, I wasn't. That wasn't my angle. <laughs> so I'm wondering, you know, of the three predictions that you made, which one should people take most seriously now? And what should they do about that? Is it is it AMP? Um, so I think practically AMP has the most like practical application. Like if you're not if you don't have AMP, you should definitely use AMP. Uh, you should start learning it. You know, it's it's a little difficult. There are a lot of WordPress plugins that make it easier. Um, but I would definitely put some some emphasis on that because if Google's investing in it, you you should too. That's just a really good rule. And I think the one that's going to have the biggest impact and already impacting is, is AI. I think AI is, is way, way bigger part of the algorithm already than we, we maybe even know. And I think the, 
the only way that you can really, I guess, take advantage of it is understanding your users at a deeper level. You know, like not just demographic level or keyword level, but like at a at an emotional level, at a psychographic level, um, and making those connections. So I think practical, it's AMP, but I think long term, like impact, it's going to be AI and contextual search. Have you have you thought about what you're going to be doing and how your job will be changing as Rank Brain yeah. slowly begins to take more of a market share and how Google determines SERP rankings and things like that? Yeah, I made a shift about a year and a half ago, um, just in, just to the content side of things uh, and the link building side of things. Moved way away from from keyword and keyword focused, and you know, one page went and moved way towards content, uh, topical, you know, content. Um, and I think the other thing that's that's just an easy win is good on page SEO, like good on page optimization, and helping the crawler understand what your page is about. Most people have really like they still keyword stuff, title tags. They still have crappy meta descriptions and even though meta doesn't determine ranking it's still a crawler reads your meta like it knows what it says and it's looking to see if it makes sense with the context of the page so having an idea of like contextual um, relationships between your topics you know that's a big deal that's and i've i mean our search has gone up a ton i mean we've seen multiple of our clients go up over 100 percent last year from that switch and just organic traffic um just because we're, we're building content that's contextually appropriate to the topic they're on, they're becoming topic authorities, but it's also content that their users are engaging with at a very high level because it actually meets their needs and it's written like a human being would write. And that's where it's kind of headed. You know, you still read content out there. You can tell, okay, this was written for the sole purpose of trying to get organic uh, traffic. Right. Um, it's very good content. You're like, man, this is just awesome. I want to share it. Well, there you go. You've got content now that has purpose, and that's gonna way outlast the piece of crap that somebody wrote just to generate rank. So, if someone is listening to this and they've, you know, maybe got a website for their small business, or, you know, maybe even have like a modest content strategy, a blog, what can they do, sort of as an actionable piece of advice right now to get more in step with that context-driven search and that rank-brain-driven mm-hmm. search, where, where would they look first? Uh, they would do something really scary, and they'd pick up their telephone, and they would talk to their customers. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's well said. And talk to them as a real person and find out what types of things they're looking for. How could they better serve them? Um, what are the things that they wish they knew that they just can't seem to find answers for? Um and start to understand what real people's problems are. Um, and also there's other places you can go to do that too. Like Quora is a great tool to see what people are really asking um, online. Um, you know, I don't, I don't answer a lot of questions there, but I go there to read a lot of questions just to see what people are asking and how they're phrasing the questions. Um, and then I would take a step back and I would ask yourself a really deep question. What do I want to be known for? You know, um, and, and then be really, really focused on that one thing and be very, very dedicated to becoming an expert on that one thing as much as you can, right? I don't know if like expert is really attainable because I think it's kind of a, a misused term, you know, right. CEO expert. I never claim to be an expert in anything because, I mean, you wake up one morning and the whole algorithm can change and now you don't know, you know a lot about nothing, right? Um, so 
I think when you focus on, you know, how can I best serve people and what I want people to know me for, like people, not Google, not search engines, but I want people to know me for. And you build your content strategy around that. I don't think you can lose. Um, you know, Google makes money because people come to their search engine to find answers that, that, that mean something to them. So they understand that if they're going to continue to keep their market share, they've got to produce the best answers for those people. So people will hopefully click on their ads or, you know, generate revenue. So marketers or small business need to think the same way. People are going to Google to ask questions. How can I provide them with the best answer? And Google's going to understand the context of that. They're going to understand, you know, it's, it's not like an old search engine days where, you know, they didn't understand the difference between, um, you know, uh, what would be like a, a, a homophone, like, you know, word that has the same different meaning. So they didn't right. know. They would have to figure out, like, I don't really know. Um, but now they do. They know very, they know a lot. They have billions and billions and billions and billions of queries. Um, and they've done a lot of deep research on those and what they mean. So AI is getting smarter. It's helping search better. So I would say small business owners focus on the user and then, and then focus on what they want to be known for. And then the last thing is just write naturally. You know, I was always told in school that I wasn't a good writer um, by some teachers, and then other teachers will say I'm a great writer, right? Um, because it's very, very subjective. Do you like somebody's tone or voice? Do you want, you know, I think when sometimes when we write, it's like that 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 feeling we got in school when a paper is due comes on our mind, and we start to like start writing like academically or like a five paragraph essay, you know, but. I think the best way to approach your content strategy is just to sit down and say, like, have a conversation. You know, I, I try to write, I try to write like I talk at least as much as I can. Sure, you got to do a little bit different because you're writing, but, you know, if you have that natural voice, it's actually easier for people to read and engage with. You know, the best writers in the world are the ones that engage you into the story. And it's, it's not because they use big words, it's actually because they, simplify and make it easy for you to engage that's so true that is so true before i let you go i'm wondering if you could let people know where they can connect with your monthly column where can they connect with uh what you do as a marketer and a seo consultant not an expert what's the <laughs> yeah yeah so i've got a monthly column on search engine land um so it's just going to search engine land forward slash author forward slash Ryan dash Shelley. That's S-H-E-L-L-E-Y. Um, you can see all of my articles on search engine land there. Uh, and then I blog at least twice to three times a week on my own site, which is uh, smamarketing.net. And I'm um, also pretty active on Twitter. Uh, just uh, like to hang out there and answer questions and interact. Be a human being as much as I can. <laughs> exactly well um, yeah. I'm excited to share this conversation with the world I know that the people who are our clients our partners and some of the people that will be you know finding this podcast uh, will be stoked to get this information so thanks for taking the time Ryan thanks for asking questions and inviting me to take time so I really, really appreciate it so there you have it my interview with Ryan Shelley Hopefully you made it this far and found some information useful. If you have any predictions of your own, definitely leave a comment on the show. You can also email me at rforbes at vendasta.com. As always, 
or at least for now, our big call to action is getting people to subscribe to the show on iTunes or SoundCloud. So that's everything for today. I hope you are enjoying the summer and I will talk to you again soon.